0: Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into the podcast, here's a brief word from our sponsor and a disclaimer. I hope you enjoy the episode. The views and opinions expressed by past, present, and future guests of Zendependently Minded have not been expressed by me, and they may not be shared by me. The views and opinions that I express on minded, are, of course, satirical. Come on, guys. If this is a hard concept for you to grasp and you're listening to this episode and you're confused, stop, take a deep breath, and do this thought experiment. If you like what I said, maybe you can assume and you can tell yourself that it's my real opinion. If you don't like what I said, just convince yourself that this is satire, because this podcast is satire. And this is, of course, a character. Nobody would have these real opinions, would they? Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. How's it going, guys? It's your boy, Boris Yeltsin, back from the dead, here to tell you why you should become a Gazprom premium member like I did. Speaking of Gazprom, this episode is brought to you by Gazprom, the number one oil company in all of Russia and probably most of the world. Top 10, at least. Can't count out out those Saudis. This is going to be the final episode of Zendipendally Minded, because I've been drafted, not to the United States military, but to the Russian military. Because if you don't remember, I'll refresh your memory, a few episodes back, I was I signed a $50 million sponsorship with Gazprom, which I which I announced on the podcast, and apparently a line that was in the terms and conditions that I didn't read. And probably wouldn't have understood because it was in russian anyways was that i was to surrender all of my bodily autonomy over to the russian government and i am now property of the russian state so i've been drafted but luckily they are allowing me to sit down in this bunker they gave me about 25 30 minutes they said i think i don't really understand russian to do my final episode so i have a few things to talk about and here's a preview of the things that i'm going to discuss i'm going to discuss a Washington Post opinion piece talking about how DeSantis would pave the way for a post-Trump GOP return to normal, quote-unquote. going to be talking about the ac- accused Russian missiles that crossed into Poland. I'm going to give my opinion on that and show proof that it was not Mother Russia, and it was actually Chris Rock. And the last thing I'm going to talk about is... Trump announcing his 2024 presidential run, and then somewhere in there, I'll, I'll, I will I'll might discuss Nancy Pelosi stepping away as Speaker of the House come January 2025. I don't know. Depends on what my timer is set at. If I, if I reach 30 minutes and I don't have enough time to talk about Pelosi, then, well, you guys will have to use your imagination. So first thing I'm going to talk about is this Washington Post article. So obviously, if you guys haven't been paying attention, you're welcome. Yours truly going to talk about the midterms. So the midterms did not result in a so-called red wave, like a lot of conservative media, a lot of conservative outlets, and a lot of conservative voters and politicians had hoped for and actually pretty much outright promised for the American people. I've said this in the past, maybe I actually haven't said this in the past. Maybe this is the first original thought that i've I've, I've had out since I started those podcasts back in Vietnam. Uh, stop waiting first of all. For all those people, if you are one of these people that listens to my podcast, but you also are, for some reason, sorry, I'm moving my microphone away from this window because the, the there's an Ukrainian getting beheaded outside of a the bunker right now. Uh, you guys don't need to hear that. Anyway, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't ever, ever, ever depend on any other human to make you happy or to give you success, let alone politicians especially in the United States government. Stop waiting for people to save you. Stop waiting for your, stop waiting for your savior. Stop waiting for DeSantis to come save us, Biden to come save us, Hillary, uh, Bernie Sanders, whoever the, Pete Buttigieg, for God forbid. Stop waiting for Trump to come save you. Stop hedging your entire life's bets on the midterms, on, on any elections in the United States or around the world at all. Stop using politicians as your turning point to make your life better. Stop waiting for other people. Stop using excuses because that's ultimately what people are doing. They're going to make excuses. I'm not here because I didn't get because my presidential candidate wasn't picked and and uh, taxes blah 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 and I wasn't able to start my business and I wasn't able to stop using excuses. A real American adapts and does whatever the fuck they want, no matter who's president. I know I am. I never have given a shit that much. I've, I have voted once because I was only old, old enough to vote in the 2020 election, and I didn't give a shit of the outcome. It really didn't. I cared a tiny bit, enough to vote, but I really don't care that much, and it didn't change my life at all. I'm still going to become a novelist, still going to become a published author, I'm still going to create movies that are going to win Oscars, and I plan to be the first person to write a best-selling book that also simultaneously wins Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. That's my goal. None of that is going to change. Nothing should change for Americans. But at the end of the day, the thing that changes the most with these elections is people's mindsets. Things don't really change. That's the point. The status quo is to be upheld because the status quo makes a lot of money for politicians. Point blank period. Anyway, no, Ron DeSantis would not pave the way for a post-Trump GOP return to normal. Actually, he might. He might. But that shouldn't be anything that anybody wants, especially Republicans. If the GOP returns to normal, it is destined to get their ass handed to them for eight years by whatever fucking weird blue-haired freak gets elected in the primaries for the Democratic Party. Return to normal? Return to normal? Why would anybody want that? I mean, I, I would know why Washington Post would want it, because they're probably going to invest in defense stocks in defense manufacturers so they could make money because a because a post-Trump GOP return to normal would just mean more war, more international affairs being meddled, us sticking our dick around in more places, which a little bit of that is good, but not too much. We're seeing it right now with Russia and Ukraine. It It could become a problem, which don't worry, I will talk about that a little bit later on in this episode. When I hear return to normal, when I hear these old rhinos, these old warhawks not just politicians, but normal American citizens talk about, Oh, I miss the days of the Dick Cheney of George W. I miss when politicians, when they spoke and used big words, because that's what made my penis hard. That's what made my two-inch diabetes-riddled penis hard. Nothing makes me want to vote Republican more than someone who can speak, and then behind closed doors is blowing peep kids' heads off, allegedly. Return to normal is just another way of saying, it's the American way of saying, return to status quo. Uh, typical neocon, warmongering, lawyer speak, kick down the road and upward transfer of wealth. That's what I think. That's, what I, that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of return to normal. Come on, guys. You don't want to return to normal for the Republican Party, let alone for any style of government, For for any no, no matter who's in power. Democratic Party, Republican Party, you don't want to return to normal. But at the end of the day, you shouldn't put all your eggs in the election basket. Make some goals. Aspire to do great. Have dreams. And do them no matter what. Do not make excuses. Do not make excuses. And don't say because this person was elected or this person wasn't, you weren't able to get where you were. It's still America. America is still the land of opportunity no matter what any pessimistic pussy says. It's still the land of opportunity. You can still do whatever you want, no matter who's elected. And no, we should not return to a GOP normal. Would Ron DeSantis be that guy? Maybe. Maybe. Like I said, I like a lot of what Ron DeSantis has done in Florida, but as soon as he gets into higher office, we'll probably see his, his, his corruptibility, and it'll be wrung out, and there'll be some allegations put against him by the media that are probably mostly gonna be false. And then we're gonna see this guy slowly disintegrate into the same old politician just like everybody else. And I'm not gonna give a shit because I'm not gonna i I'm not hedging all of my life's bets in the future of me and my family's well being on politicians. You shouldn't either. I also kinda on a similar note wanted to talk about how The GOP is already trying to blame, and they're pretty successful in blaming their humiliating shortcomings and losses in the midterms on Trump. Everybody's blaming Trump. Part of it is, I truly believe, so a lot of people have been talking about, and I still believe this is true too, that a Trump endorsement is one of the best things that could happen to you. At least before the midterms, that's what everybody was thinking. If you're endorsed by Trump, that's a fast ticket to possibly winning your election in the midterms. Because whether you like it or not, Trump has the most influence out of any single person on the Republican Party currently. He still does, even after the midterms. But as we saw, Democratic voter enthusiasm was a lot higher after Roe v. Wade was overturned. I truly believe that is the. There's a myriad of factors that. Played into why the Republicans didn't end up successfully shooting a red wave across a a red rainbow of jizz across the United States. I think that's the main factor. Another factor is that people will show out in droves. We saw it in the 2020 presidential election, highest number of voters in American history, in American presidential election history. And it wasn't enthusiasm for Joe Biden. It was enthusiasm to, to beat Trump. And I believe that paired with Roe v. Wade and also Trump's incessant stop the steel trash and also a lot, all of his candidates incessant stop the steel trash that really energized the Democratic base to go out and vote in high numbers in the midterms. And no, I do not believe there was enough voter fraud again. To account for Democrat success, I believe John Fetterman won mostly because people felt, well, don't really care about the stroke because at the end of the day, the guy's values they reflect us more. He ran a good campaign, he really did. He, he 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 was he had a nicely sizable lead against Oz before he did that town hall debate, which ended up knocking him down. But still, he was he was beating Oz and. He, he ran a good campaign. He ran a good campaign that resonated with Pennsylvanians, and at the end of the day, that's why he won. Kari Lake, obviously, we saw this coming. The woman is a psycho. She is not going to concede. She's going to continue for the rest of her life to talk about voter fraud because that's her shtick. She is one of Trump's goons. Trump endorsed her, and she, she, she would not shut up about Stop the Steal in the 2020 election, and she's not going to with the Arizona election. Guys, enough with this shit. I've said this before. Trump is most likely going to win the Republican nomination for the 2024 presidential bid. But he's not going to win the primary if he doesn't stop with the stop the steal bullshit. Most Americans, this is how I've explained this before and I'm sure you guys know this already. We talked about the power of the silent majority and also how, I'm not sure if I can consider myself the silent majority because I have a podcast where I scream into the void, not very silent, but the Republican base is always going to, the Trump base, I mean, not the Republican base, because there is a big part of the Republican base that is, that are diehard Trump supporters, but there are also parts, members of the Republican base that don't like Trump. And those are the ones that uh, you should, you should ignore. Anyway, (laughs) <laughs> not really. I'm, I mean, I'm not an expert with politics. Nobody should ever take this podcast seriously, especially people that are running for office. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But there's going to be a significant n- number of Republicans, those that are diehard Trump supporters that are going to forever until the day that they are put in a, an expensive coffin and buried under 10 feet of dirt or whatever. That are going to believe that the election was stolen f- from Trump in 2020, and that he still has this grand plan that's going to erase everything that Joe Biden did, and it's going to take him out and put him in Guantanamo Bay, and he's going to be president twice because he got it stolen from him in 2020. But the people whose vote actually matters—the silent majority, the, the the independents like me, the people that are not diehard Democrats or Republicans, or maybe they're registered Republicans but they're open to change their mind being changed, same with Democrats that are open to their mind being changed. They don't want to hear the stop the steal bullshit. They don't want to hear ass backwards, dwelling on the past talk from one of the major candidates for the 2020-2024 presidential election. People don't want to hear that shit anymore. I sure don't. I sure don't. I would, I, I, I want, I want future solutions to be discussed. I want plans. I want to know what you're going to do the moment you get into the office, into the Oval Office, until the moment you get out. I don't want to hear about 2020 anymore. I've talked about this many, 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 many many times. Yes, there's voter fraud. There always will be voter fraud. As long as there are humans running systems in charge of systems, there will be voter fraud. Even when there is computer systems, there's AI, not nah, not AI, but as long as there is technology that is created by humans, that is inherently flawed. There's going to be voter fraud. That's just how it is. There, I have not seen enough evidence, still to this day. I haven't talked to anybody who's shown me enough evidence to, to prove to me that the 2020 election was stolen. Same with the 2022 primary, uh, midterms. So, yes. Part of the GOP losses can be chalked up to voter turnout. High voter turnout, high Democratic enthusiasm to defeat Trump's goons, which in turn probably is energizing Democrats to believe that they're also defeating Trump, which is not wrong. It's It's not an incorrect assumption. But I think the main thing was absolutely insane, radical, depending on who you talk to, really, radical views on abortion, trying to have a nationwide... Abortion ban, these kind of things really, really, really energized the Democratic base. And then also, a supplemental energizing factor was the fact that they could beat Trump's goons. But you can't blame Trump 100% on the GOP losses because, on the other hand, there were a lot of really shitty candidates. Like I talked about in Georgia. Really? That's the best that Georgia could come up with? Herschel Walker and uh, the dude with the, uh, with the, the Lord of the Rings villain name? Come on, guys. Come on. I guess it's best to have low expectations so you don't end up being disappointed too much. Anyway, moving on. No, we don't want the GOP to return to normal. Fuck off. Fuck off, Mitch McConnell. Fuck off, Dick Cheney. Fuck off, George Bush. Nobody likes you, nobody cares about you, nobody wants you back in office. Nobody wants anybody related to you or that shares any of your beliefs to be in office. The future is now. The next thing I wanted to talk about is something that was very exciting because I went to bed the other night and saw this bit of news That's that uh, when first reported by the AP, which the AP could have single handedly. Actually, they couldn't have. I'm not going to sit here and act like the AP has that much power. But the AP is pretty influential. But at the end of the day, U.S. military intelligence is not going to decide to invoke Article 4 or to decide to vote to invoke Article 4 just based off of an AP article. Anyway, the AP very, very, very irresponsibly reported that Russian missiles crossed into Poland killing two Polish citizens, which, if you guys don't know already, Poland is a member of NATO. NATO is the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, and there's a, there is a, a part of NATO that basically says if one country is attacked, all other countries have an obligation to defend them and to fight back. That's, I mean, I'm sure I'm butchering it, I'm sure there are people that are experts in geopolitical warfare, that listen to this podcast and have become alcoholics since hearing me talk about this, <laughs> the, the conflicts in Asia and the conflicts here in Russia and Ukraine. Anyway, turns out, turns out this was not a Russian missile. And luckily when I had read, when I read updates of this article, cause I, had, I went to bed and then I woke up and, and I was like, Oh, world war three. Cool. When, when, when I woke up and I was reading updates on this there were a bunch of other countries bunch of other leaders of European countries of NATO countries specifically that were being asked to react and it was either them or it was their spokespeople answering for them what was kind of promising was that there were a few countries a lot less than the 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 hawkish countries that were ready to to start to <laughs> to put in uh, put in place a no fly zone and start shooting every russian that they have in their country or whatever there were a few countries, though, where the leaders were like, well, you know, we need to we need to do some investigation before we comment further and before we take any action. One of those being Emmanuel Macron of France, because, like, as I said, with all his shortcomings, I've, I've respected Macron's response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine massively, more than almost any other European country. He's pushed for negotiations. He's pushed for peace talks from the beginning but then of course the rest of nato the rest of the eu has talked mad shit and decided let's let's keep arming ukraine except not us let's have the united states keep arming ukraine and let's let's come up with unrealistic expectations or actually none at all no end goal let's just push out the bad bad russians anyway ended up being the reports are showing that it was ukrainian missiles zelensky has repeatedly denied this he's still denying it vehemently But most all reputable sources, uh, U.S. reports, U.S. intelligence reports are saying that this was actually Ukraine that accidentally was firing missiles, trying to shoot down incoming Russian missiles. Those missiles missed, ended up killing two Polish citizens, and it's crazy to me that there were a bunch of countries in NATO that, first of all, thank God that the United States military is so big and so resourceful and so smart, obviously. I've said this in the past. I talk about these things with a civilian perspective, but at the end of the day, I don't ever stress about what's going on with military affairs too much, especially when the United States is involved, because I know that there are hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of military experts that literally breathe, eat, and sleep Geopolitical affairs that are looking at this shit and drafting up plans A through Z. So I never stress about this shit because I know it's being taken care of. I just like to speculate as a civilian because it gives me topics to talk about on this podcast. Thank God America is resourceful. Anyway, there are a bunch of NATO countries that were ready to go to war over this shit. They're ready to go to war. They're ready to back up. They're like, oh, we're going to back our Polish our Polish members, which you got to hand to them. I mean, that's their job. That's their obligation. I'm not going to give them credit for doing what they're what the fuck they're supposed to do and what they're expected to do. Wish they would do this with Ukraine. I know Ukraine is not a member of NATO, but I wish they would do this with Ukraine so America wouldn't continue to, didn't have to send billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine pretty much alone. In the most recent package that Joe Biden asked Congress to approve to send over to Ukraine, it's like... 10 times more than all the other countries aid packages in the EU combined. What the fuck? Why is the UK, why is Boris Johnson saying some stupid hawkish bullshit statements like we will not concede to Vladimir Putin, we will not let the the, the Russians win blah blah blah, blah blah blah. We need to continue to fight. While they're sending less than a billion dollars in aid total since the invasion started. Yeah, okay. Of course, you want to continue to push this because you're not the one paying for it. You're not the one who's painting a bigger target on your back even though you're closer. Even though it's literally just a country a couple countries away from you and actually a bigger threat. Fuck you. Fuck you, Boris Johnson and fuck all these other pussy ass bitch ass NATO countries which I love. It's unbelievable to me that that they were that that countries were ready to invoke article 4 when they found out that it was potentially russian missiles that crossed into poland killing these people but then when we find out it's ukraine they're just like oopsies (laughs) bye oopsies let's keep fighting go ukraine change your profile picture what the fuck something really weird is going on here because right when this was reported i don't think it was a coincidence that Joe Biden went to Congress and asked for uh, an aid package that was like $30 billion. What the fuck is going on? Why does Ukraine continue to get aid with no end goal in mind after pushing negotiations off the table in the first place and after Zelensky is vehemently denying that his country was responsible for killing two innocent civilians and citizens of a NATO country? Why are we still sending aid? How many times has aid been passed and approved through Congress off of something that maybe Ukraine did? Really makes you think, huh? Really makes me think. Something really weird is going on here, and I'm really tired of it. I'm really tired of it. Of course, my heart is with the Ukrainian people. I've said this a million times. My heart is also with Polish people. My heart is also with the Russian people. Negotiations should have been the first thing that we tried. Negotiations should have been the first thing we tried. Had they, Would they have come up fruitless? Probably. Why would Russia decide to invade Ukraine and then four days later go to the uh, meet at the negotiation table? I don't know. But it's worth a try. It's worth a try to bother the guy and call Russia, call Putin every fucking day to push for negotiations every country in nato should have been doing this for the good of their people first and the good of the rest of the world so we don't have to go to nuclear war negotiations should have been on the table first and i'm sure they were for certain countries i'm i'm not going to sit here and act like i don't believe americans and us politicians especially us military members were not pushing for negotiations but it's hard when we're all the when we're far away and it's hard when the country that's being invaded smells blood and they want revenge. I can't say I don't blame them. If I was Ukraine, I would be hesitant to to go to negotiation tables, uh, to the, uh, try to negotiation talks in the beginning after you're watching hundreds of villages get blown up and thousands of people getting displaced and killed. I don't blame them for that. But now it's time to cut losses, and go to the negotiating table. Zelensky said that that Putin is about to be ready to go to the negotiation negotiation table. My only hope is that Zelensky's not there. Zelensky has said some of the most retarded things I've heard when it comes to this conflict. Uh, prop, some of them, they feel like takes that he got from Twitter. They feel like a, an Amy Schumer take. Some of them are the worst... All I hope is that all these countries that are involved in these negotiating talks bring their best. Uh, I don't consider Zelensky their best. I really don't. I'm tired of the guy. Give him to Putin. Give him to Putin. Let him arm wrestle. Whoever wins the arm wrestling gets to get whatever they want. <laughs> or or do it the old fashioned way. Um, Putin and and Zelensky play Halo Three. First to twenty kills and Slayer on Zanzibar wins. I don't fucking know. But enough of this shit. It's 2022. Why are we still at war? Fuck off. Last thing I wanted to talk about was my reaction to Trump announcing his 2024 presidential run. Like normal, logical, deep-thinking people, as soon as I found, found out the news about this, I went to go verify that it was true. Then I went to go watch Trump's announcement because I'm not going to react. I'm not going to give my opinion without hearing the words straight from his mouth. I'm not going to read Reuters. I'm not going to read MSNBC. I'm not going to read Fox. And I'm not going to watch Sean Hannity drool and insert his anal plug because his savior, Trump, is, has announced his 2024 run. I wanted to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. I recommend you guys do the same, regardless of how you feel about Trump, whether you're on the fence whether you're already a diehard Trump fan, whether you absolutely hate him and you think he is the second coming of Hitler. Go watch the announcement. You should do this with everybody. Do this with every single source that you can. You have the internet. There's no excuse, actually. There's no excuse to not look into things deeper and actually get and form an opinion of your own. As I said, it's going to be a really, really entertaining 2024 presidential election. It really is. It's going to be a fun cycle. And I say fun because I'm not in America, and it doesn't affect me that much. So I'm going to be able to watch from afar. And as I said, I'm not ever going to come back either. So whatever happens, as long as my family and friends are safe, which they will be, because at the end of the day, everybody always claims, oh, Obama's going to start World War III. Oh, Trump's going to start World War III. Oh, Biden's going to start World War III. It never happens uh knock on wood anyway it's going to be interesting to see what Trump's platform is if he continues with the message from his from his uh from his official announcement it could serve as positive for him because he did not mention stop the steal in his announcement at least that I could remember he talked he had a more populist message the same populist message that won him I believe the 2016 election talked about fighting the powers that be, fighting the rich. Um not the rich because he's the rich, but you guys should watch his 2016 like his final that final uh ad that he put out on election night in 2016 talking about it was a very pro American, pro normal individual populist message. And that was we need to beat the establishment, we need to beat the powers that be, and I'm going to be that guy that helps you. He used a lot of we not I, he used a lot of language, like we and us together, stuff like that. This kind of message, of course, is going to already energize his base. Will it will it change people's minds that are independents like me? Will it will it will it change people's minds that are on the fence or that are Democrat, but they're tired of the way that their party's going, or they're regular Republicans tired of the way the party's going and they wanna they wanna throw another wrench in the machine? I don't know. We're gonna have to see. It's going to be interesting to see how effective his campaign is going to be ran in the next couple of years, because can't forget, I mean, just a couple of hours ago, Elon Musk ended up reinstating him on Twitter, but Twitter is not the, the number one platform that you're going to want to use. I mean, it's, it's a big platform. You can reach a lot of people, but Twitter is not the end all be all for presidential campaigns. He's still not allowed on Facebook and Instagram. Snapchat, I think. I don't fucking know or care. It's going to be interesting to see how effective his campaign is going to be moving forward and what his message is going to be. Because I truly believe every time he talks about stop the steal, he's losing tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of voters and supporters. Because that shit is dead. It's done. It's over. It's over. And if I'm, if I'm Trump, if I'm part of the Trump team, I erase and I backspace All talks to stop the steal from every single rally. And I tell Trump, hey, if you want to win, if you want to be president again, if you want to save America make America great again, do not bring up stop the steal. That's, that's what I would say. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to, yeah, what's going on? Okay, got it. I'll start. Uh, I'll finish up. That's my signal, guys. That's going to end this episode. Uh, I would say catch you guys on the next one, but like I said, this is the last one. Wish me luck in the war. Bye.